everyone, and uh, welcome to another episode of Killing the Church, a conversation with Bradley and Seamus. Today we're going to be uh, talking about another issue we believe is killing the church, um, worship, believe it or not. I'm here with my compatriot Bradley. Absolutely. And we're in the new studio, as you can see. Yes. And so here to christen the new studio, I have a fresh bottle. We cracked it open the other night uh, yeah. when we moved in here, but uh, still only, still fresh. So for the occasion, this is one of my favorite whiskeys. This particular 12 year is aged exclusively in sherry, which as you know, is my favorite. Is your favorite cask? <laughs> yes. From uh, last episode. Um, I'll put that that right here it really is just a delightful like it's one of the mm. sweetest whiskeys that yeah. i've ever had actually well um to the new studio to the new studio <laughs> ah man beautiful it really is it's smooth it's pretty it's like i said it's sweet there are not many whiskeys that you can taste exactly how sweet it is, but that's like, it's almost like dessert. It, yeah, actually. It's, that's a good... It's like aroma. dessert in a whiskey form. Anybody watching would highly recommend. Uh, highly. Um, but the, the McAllen 12-year sherry exclusive cask is a little bit more expensive than a regular 12-year McAllen. Yeah. Um, so keep in mind, you will get what you pay for, though. But this it's is worth it. Absolutely. Um, absolutely worth it. Uh, yeah. So this is going to have your dried fruits and spice. Um, and I just love the sherry yeah. oak taste. The, the dried fruits really come out a lot. I think that's what gives it the sweetness. It just smells delightful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So warm. Hmm. Whiskey review out of the way. So, our subject today being worship. Worship. <laughs> this is a this is an interesting one for you and I because we're musicians. We have led worship. Yes. Uh, many times, many times in, in a few different churches, actually. Yeah, um, at least three that I can think of. Yep. Yep. Always together. It's, uh, we we we've kind of always come as a package deal, man. <laughs> But, uh, so, you know, it's, it's not that we're, what we're about to say is, it's not that we're dogging on, you know, worship, worship services, music, yeah. uh, intentionally. It's something it's, that's near and dear to me. I've, I've had, you know, wonderful times leading worship. Um, but I, I don't know if we can necessarily say with, uh, the understanding that we have that it's true worship. Yeah, is so this is going to be a controversial topic anyway, so let's just get it out of the way. Um, but uh, what is worship? That is the question. And uh, for this conversation, uh, we would uh, venture to say that music being a form of worship is is not the biblical worship. No. Yeah, no. I would, if it is, it is a form of worship, but it, the lowest form of worship, mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's definitely it, it falls into the lesser category. Even if you uh, if you were to to look that up, a, a categorized uh, system of worship <laughs> in uh, Judaic circles, what you'd find is that uh, it's not that they frown on it; it's just the lowest form of worship that there is. Yeah, and they, they turn everything into a song. Absolutely, um, they they sing the entire Torah. Oh. So it has its place, but it is not what we think of as music, right? With the fog machines and the stage lights and the and the, the laser shows and, and the concert, right? And the uh, yeah the oh what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say algorithm. It's not an algorithm. There's a formula. Yeah. There's a formula for creating the mood of the room. Yeah, it's psychology, is what it is. You're yeah. trying to. Um, I don't want to say hypnotize, um, but that's kind of the only word I can think of right now. But you're trying to... You're inducing uh, a trance. Yeah, you're, you're trying to bring everyone into a certain mind state mm-hmm. um, so that, uh, you know, it, it triggers the emotions, it gets you uh, more sensitive to mm-hmm. your inner self. Um, and so, you know, you become more um, open, I guess. Like, again, it has its place. Uh, Absolutely. But uh, that's, uh, according to the Bible, that's not what worship is. That is just singing a song. Yes. Um, worship, I would venture to say, defined in the Bible, uh, I would get my first, just off the top of my head, my first definition of worship would, would come from Romans 12. Okay, okay. Um, and I, I say that because we know that Paul was a rabbi, uh, so he's well-studied. Absolutely. And so him being very familiar with the uh, more Judeo uh, side of, of his studies and of his walk, his life, his yeah. lifestyle. And in that time, first century Judaism, he would not have considered himself a Christian. He would have considered himself a devout Jewish he man. Was, he was a Pharisee. Right. And so um, in Romans 12, the very first verse, um, I urge you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I I usually focus on just the first verse, but I read it in tandem Mm -hmm. um, because context matters. Um, And I actually have a note written here, Exodus uh, 20, verse 24. And I know why I have that written here um, because uh, an altar had to be made from Adam, from dirt, right? And humans are made from Adam or or earth, Earth. dirt. And so the, uh, I know Talmudically speaking, because of the fact that the the altar had to be made out of uh, unhewn stone or dirt is to be symbolic of the way that we should be at like an altar ourselves. Like our bodies should be a holy temple, so to speak. Mm -hmm. We hear that a lot, like my body is a temple. Um, that comes from the Jewish concept of the altar and the temple. Um, you, you, you know this. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so that's where I go. Uh, and th- there's, there's different types of worship, but that's, that's really the highest form of, of so well. What I think actually is interesting about that is, is the, the renewing of your mind. Okay, so so the, the, the process of renewing the mind is itself. Wow. Plenty of ancient Jewish um, sources have said that because of the way that the altar is made, that that is 
an indication that you are to be a living altar. So that's interesting then because, you know, what 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 was done at the altar? They they didn't sing songs at the altar. No, they offered offerings. So yeah, they they offered offerings. Um, now, uh, while I understand that you know the the song could be considered an offering uh, offered up, but uh, do you, do you think maybe there's something a little more legitimate about the physical act of offering an offering? I would say yes, but not in the same way that um, I'm sure Christians that who are listening to this right now would immediately think, well, what am I supposed to do? Go to my backyard and slaughter a goat? Absolutely uh, no, not. No, certainly not. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Or, or even those that would say that, the, uh, that all of the offerings and everything have been done away with. Um, that's not where we're going with this uh, because there is no temple, so offerings can't be offered up anyway. Absolutely. But, um, as a living temple, uh, even the, the ancient uh, scribes in Judaism have wrestled with the idea of, well, what do you do without the presence of the altar? And uh, prayer is a good substitute for offerings. Um, because your prayers are sort of received in the same manner as an offering. And so that's why they pray the three times a day at the same time the offering would have been given um, to coincide as like a spiritual offering, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then there's the idea of obedience uh, for every commandment that you keep. You are a living altar. Um, you are being holy, right? Because the, the whole purpose of the commandments is to be holy yeah. and to be separate from the world. Um, holy meaning to, to make separate, so, to set so apart. Would you say then that in, in the obeying of the commandments, you distinguishing yourself from the rest of the world have then offered yourself up? That's an even better quite, way. Quite to put literally it. Yeah. to the Almighty. Uh, you know who who's your who's your master? If you're the slave and Jesus is the master, right? If Yeshua is the master, um, then you know your obedience is a is a really high form of real life worship. Absolutely. Um, but then the rabbis take it a step further uh, to say that really the highest form of worship. I'm sure you know what that is, and that is study. Study, study is the highest form of worship. And. Why, why do you think that they would say something like that? Uh, well, a plethora of reasons, okay? First of all, you can't do unless you learn. It's a good so point. So <laughs> if, if obedience is worship, then one must first learn how to obey. And this comes from study. Um, I know that the, the Talmud actually does also uh, refer to uh, Ezra the prophet. Uh making the statement that actually uh, the study uh, study is, is so lofty a form of worship that it's actually more important than the building of the temple itself. The reason being that Ezra did not leave his rabbi while his rabbi was alive to go and build the temple. He stayed and studied and studied the Torah. Um, That's uh, pretty good considering... Um... Just thinking back in Hebrews now, uh, the book of Hebrews, that the, the, the temple and the altar, these are all of a shadow of things to come. Mm-hmm. And so I would still see where your your living body being created in the very image of God as a living and holy sacrifice, um, um, a, a living altar, so to speak, mm-hmm. that the physical one here, th- there's a there's a precedence, an order of, uh, of importance. So Absolutely. Yeah. Almost a jurisdiction, yeah. you know, difference. Yeah. Um, a, a hierarchy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think also the the subject of of studying the Torah uh, that actually harkens back to verse two of Romans twelve, the idea of the the renewing of the mind 
so true. that you can discern God's will. I, that's, I mean, that's a slap in the face. Paul is being as Jewish as ever a Jew could be when he says that. Right, yeah. uh, Because as you... As you read the Torah, what are you doing? I mean, you are renewing the mind. That's that's inherent, actually, in in the definition and understanding of the first word of the of the Torah itself, Bereshit. The idea that um, the Torah itself was used to orchestrate and create. Therefore, the Torah is a nature creating uh, <laughs> device itself, uh, so that a sinner can look at it, apply it to themselves, and create a new nature by observing what they learn from it um that's a that's a deeper subject probably a discussion yeah, for another time uh, but we're talking uh, about worship uh, forms here <laughs> yeah neither uh, n- nonetheless the the idea of the renewing of the mind uh for the purpose of knowing god's will is the the obvious part of that is that the torah is itself god's will that's that's what god says i want you to do i want you to do these things yeah if, if, I know in, in Judaism specifically, uh, they use God's will and the Torah interchangeably. Yes, it's not it, it's not viewed as destiny the way that um, a lot of Christianity would represent it as today, yeah. and again, that's another discussion for another time. But uh, suffice it to say, the Torah and God's will are synonymous with one another. And so, if we were to to renew our minds so that we may learn God's will, what does that mean? It means study the Torah. Yeah. Well, it it's a soul in writing. I think even most Christians would agree with you. They'll say things like, well, this is, you know, God's love letter, right? Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. Um, so read it and do it. And, you know, that that is your highest form of, of worship. The, the songs, the fog machines, the stage lights, the uh, hitting that chord right on cue perfectly <laughs> on the beat. That's all good. The, and, the pauses, the acapella. Yeah, <laughs> the repetition. <laughs> That's all well and, and fine, uh, sure, but uh, I think the emphasis is on the wrong foot here. Absolutely. Um, and um, I mean, how much more Christian would the Christian world look if they placed that high an emphasis on actually reading the Bible as opposed to and living the life? You know, waving their arms in the air, singing. Yeah, um, and it's again, we're not here to make fun of the worship service. I, I'm uh, not because we've been, you know, we we were a part of that. Absolutely. Um, for a long time, and and uh, I would actually still like to get into. Uh, oh yeah, dude, I miss it. Yeah, I mean, I it's it been lot, it's been a couple right? of years since we've done that, so I, I I definitely want to do that again. It you know it is it is good. Like 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 we said, it has its purposes, um, but biblically speaking, uh, study takes a little more precedence because of the natural effect that it has. You know, right? Uh, it's 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 a way of communication. Um, well, it's. It's the other way of communication. It's, it's the opposite way of communication. You right. know, when you, when you pray, you're speaking to God. When you're studying the Torah, you're remaining quiet and letting him speak to you. So it's the two-way relationship. And I would even venture to say that when you're in a state of, like, musical worship, that that's still you doing most of the talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I, there's also a danger that comes with uh, the, the overemphasizing the emotional side of musical worship, um, where you think that God is speaking to you, and it could just be an oversensitive, overhyped sense of emotion, um, versus the the very real uh, study of God's nature and His will, and discerning, you know, what His will is. Yeah. Uh, and not following your heart, but rather, you know, leading yourself mm-hmm. down the right path. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you can you can have the instances where 
uh, in the middle of a worship service and somebody feels convicted, and I'll use that word in quotations, uh, to, to do something or say something to somebody else or give a certain amount of money to something else. And not that that's not good, uh, but don't tell me God spoke to you. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, that's not really the same. There, that, that could certainly happen. It could certainly happen. It's not to say that it can't. Um, but, yeah, I would say that uh, what the scripture says, that's God speaking. Right? What, so maybe being felt led in a certain direction is a better way of saying that. Um, well, yeah, what I kind of like to relate it to is this. Um, anybody who's watched Ghost Hunters and, and you know the paranormal investigation shows, or if you've ever looked into paranormal investigation at all, uh, they actually are very aware of the power of suggestion. And so if you ever read like a how-to guide on how to do that, what, what they're going to explain is if you feel you know, something and you want to know if those around you are experiencing the same thing, be as vague as you can. Don't, don't, don't even ask them if they felt something because the power of suggestion is going to tell them that they did. I know uh, magicians use the same trick. Actually. Exactly. Um, they call it forcing a card though. So if they want you to pick the two of diamonds, just as an example, I know because David Blaine has a set of, um, of cards where the queen of hearts is holding in her hand the two of diamonds instead of like the sword on the on it. That's like kind of cool. It's really cool. And so it's, it's, it's a little detail that nobody usually pays attention to. And so you force that card on them where they, they thought that they picked their card, right? And then they have the two of diamonds. They're using the power of suggestion. And then he pulls out the queen, right? And gives it to you and says, is that your card? You're hold, you're, or say something like, you're holding your card. And they're like, no, it's not. This is the queen. And he goes, no, 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 she's holding your card. And they look like, oh, it's two of diamonds. Like, it, But it's all the power of suggestion. And so magicians do it a lot. Um, I know because I like to do some card tricks every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, to that... To that uh, to that point, um, we uh, we have a few books in front of us here open yes. to a couple of sources. Uh, I've got Tanya, Volume 1, Chapter 23. Um, if you have... Uh, it's the 13th of Shavat uh, is, the, is the date for this particular section. I'm just going to read what I have here. Um, this discussion of the exalted unity with God attained through Torah study, which is even greater than that accomplished by performing the commandments explains why Torah study is so much loftier than all the other commandments, including even prayer, which affects unity with the spiritual world. And that particular thought process sort of reminds me of Romans chapter 7, right? We're still in Romans, um, but now chapter 7, uh, because uh, verse 14, Paul being a good rabbi here, uh, once again, for we know that the Torah is spiritual. Um, and so here we're talking about that this is a the same 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 right your body is to be a living and holy sacrifice this is your spiritual worship uh, and the Torah is holy and the commandments are holy and righteous and good for we know that the Torah is spiritual verse 14 and it falls right in line with ancient Jewish literature that's been around for for ages um, that yeah, I'm out of words. You take over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have in my hand Tanya, Volume Two. Uh, this would be for the 13th of Nissan, 
uh, would be the uh, the day on the Hebrew month that this portion would be read. <clears throat> and it, just a brief synopsis of it is it's actually kind of explaining uh, what completes service to God. You know, what 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 is considered complete service to God versus less complete or incomplete service to God, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and this, this one statement kind of stands out that the, speaking of, you know, a Jew, the Torah he studies or the commandment he performs because of his submission to the heavenly yoke and because of the fear that he is drawn into his mind are termed complete service of the kind that can only result from the fear of God. Um, so he mentions fear of God there, which is, uh, that that's important because I get that the idea of, of the songs is to love God, uh, and that's wonderful. You know, that's right. uh, that's what you're doing is you are expressing love for God, uh, but that that's only half of the story. It's because, half of the wing of the one. It's one wing on the bird. Yeah, because he, he, is, he is a God. He is a king. He's... And you are a slave, and he is your master. Exactly. So there, there has to be a level of fear. And, you know, only pages later, you mentioned slave and, and, and master, uh, only pages later in the Tanya, uh, we read again, uh, this would be uh, the 19th of Nisan, you'd, you'd find this. Hint, I've read the Tanya. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in summary, a Jew's divine service must embrace both that of a son who serves his father out of love and that of a servant who serves his master out of fear and awe. So... Complete service is going to be that out of love, absolutely, but you, you can't forget to fear God, and, and fear doesn't just mean respect or reverence, as, as we've sometimes heard it termed. It's uh, That's quite a legitimate fear. Yeah. I mean, I'd say, you know, he can he can Thanos you, but <laughs> <laughs> it's he doesn't even have to put that much effort into it. <laughs> no. Yeah. For, for certain. Uh, something that should drive, uh, an aspect that should drive, our daily lives is the idea of you know the punishments that come with sin that comes from that fear the healthy fear mm -hmm. respect of course um, but I know later on in the Tanya it compare it compares fear and love as to wings on a bird and you need both wings for the bird to fly absolutely and and the correlation for those is you know the Torah has two kinds of commandments if you want to separate them in, into that, there are, there are several ways to separate them, but really, goes comes down to two: do's and don'ts. Yeah, positives and negatives. The do's we do because we love God. The don'ts we don't because we because we fear God. <laughs> and that's that that is also the way that the Tanya. That's a really good way of putting that. It, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, so basically, uh, in in short summary. Um, Worship is a form of music, right? And then you have like your prostration, which is more your ritual type of worship, um, like your church service, so to speak. Um, yeah. So that's a form in and of itself, but really the highest form of worship is to intimately learn and know and study the Lord your God and the Messiah, Yeshua, our master. Absolutely. Um, and song is just, that that can be a byproduct and that's fine, but that should not be the emphasis. Mm. It shouldn't take precedence over the other. Right. Yeah. We should live our lives as holy lives, you know, as in set-apart lives, um, according to Paul, anyway. And he was a good Jew. Paul, Paul even, 
even so much as said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now that is a bold claim. Yeah, because we never really see Paul sing. <laughs> Let's be real. But, but what I mean by that is to say something so bold. Mm-hmm. It, I mean that I would never venture to say something like that. Yeah, that's... Paul said it. And being a rabbi, he, he Yeshua was... was his contemporary, um, and so. Well, I have my theories on why he could be so bold having to do with his education video. but that's for another video for another video but uh until then i think uh i think that's a good place to wrap up just yeah. a short one for today yeah we'll, we'll um, keep it short just and welcome in the new uh studio i know man I'm, yeah i'm so loving this yeah so uh to the new studio and also look at <laughs>